In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the Sunday immediately before the great fast, where we fast for 55 days. And a lot of times people are uh, not looking forward to this fast because it is, long, it is the longest fast of the year. And also it is the most ascetic fast, where we fast without any seafood at all. But yet the church has planned for us this specific fast to be a time of revival in order for us to be very focused on our spiritual life, to be focused on what is it that we should be doing to draw closer to God and what spiritual practices that maybe we have neglected throughout the year. It's a time for reviving, for rejuvenating again. So it's important for us to focus on this time and to understand what is the reason that we are fasting and how is it that we can benefit from the fast. In Matthew 6:18, we read today uh, Christ's words when he said, And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And this is a very important aspect for us to focus on when speaking about any ascetic practice, whether it be fasting or prayer or, or almsgiving or whatever it might be, that the idea is the intention of the heart. What is the intention uh, as we do these things? In the, in the gospel reading today, uh, Christ spoke very much about the intention. He says, don't be like the Pharisees who are going to stand on the street corners and are going to pray. Don't be like those who want to be seen giving. And yet those people who do these practices, but do them from the heart to God, not to be seen by men, but to God alone, these are the ones that will be rewarded. These are the ones that will benefit from the fast. I'm going to read for you a short quotation uh, from St. John Chrysostom, which is showing us how the purpose of fasting is to be a journey to heaven, to be a journey of us to put away the things of the flesh and to accept and to adopt the things of the spirit, to recognize God, to be able to see God, to, to live with God even while we are on the earth. St. John Chrysostom, he says, when the fast makes its appearance like a kind of spiritual summer, let us as soldiers burnish our weapons and as harvesters sharpen our sickles, and as sailors order our thoughts against the waves of extravagant desires, and as travelers set out on the journey toward heaven, lay hold of the pathway which leads toward heaven, rugged and narrow as it is, lay hold of it and journey on. The idea of the fast is that we are putting away the extravagancies, the luxuries, the, the comforts of the world in whatever form they might come in for our lives and to accept something else. And I'm not focusing on the luxuries of the world. I'm not spoken, uh, focusing on my stomach. I'm not focusing on my desires. I'm focusing on the Lord. And that during this time we consecrate this fast so that we can focus on Him and Him only. And that in this we draw closer to Him and we find comfort in Him instead of seeking comfort maybe from the worldly pleasures that we oftentimes seek. So the question we'll ask is, how can we benefit from fasting? How can we benefit from fasting? Because again, this period of time can be very frustrating time if we are not approaching it from the right perspective. If I approach it from the perspective of, I'm just trying to do the minimum, I'm just trying to change my food according to the rules that the church has set, and there is no other change that's happening, there is no other practice that I'm doing, there is no other difference in my life, and all I'm doing is doing the minimum, then I'm not going to benefit from the fast and actually it'll be a long fast full of kind of I can't wait for this fast to be over. But if instead we take each day of this fast with a different attitude and say this fast is not just about me changing my food, 
It's not just about looking at the ingredients of the food that I eat, but is of a more holistic approach of how is it that I can benefit from the fasting as a whole. So how can we benefit from the fast? The first is, remember that fasting is a tool and not a goal. Right? What is the definition of a good fast? How is it that we fast successfully? Right? In Joel chapter 2, it says, Now therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. So rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and he relents from doing harm. So what is the goal here? The goal is to turn to the Lord with all our heart. This is the goal. The goal is not the fast itself. The, the fast is a means for us to turn to the Lord with all our heart. And so we must remember this all the time as we fast, that our goal is repentance. And that repentance comes in many forms. The repentance is not just I'm changing my food. Actually, if I change my food and that's the only thing that I do, where is repentance in that? There is no repentance in just changing the ingredients of my food. The changing the food is supposed to be a part of a larger regime of spiritual work that we are doing, which is for the purpose of turning to the Lord with all our heart. And then he says, how do we turn to the Lord? We turn to the Lord with fasting, with weeping, with mourning. And he says, rend your heart and not your garments. Meaning what? What does it mean to rend? It's like to tear, right? Especially in the Old Testament, whenever people were mourning, what they would do is they would take their clothes and they would rip their clothes as a sign of the mourning and the sadness that they had about whatever it is that they were mourning. So he's saying, don't just have an external, uh, don't, don't just have external signs of mourning. Don't just act from the outside like you're mourning. Don't just change your food from the external and that is the extent of the fast. But he's saying, fast with your heart. Let your heart be involved in this fasting. Put your heart into this fast so that you will benefit from the fast. Again, the fast is a tool to approach God. The fast is not a goal of itself. I can't say that at the end of the fast, that if I have followed every rule of fasting and I have not eaten any non-fasting food throughout the whole fast, and yet I am exactly the same, I have not approached God in any way, I have not increased my prayers, I have not increased my readings, I have not increased my confession or repentance, I have not increased my liturgical uh, attendance, I have not increased taking communion, I haven't you know, forgiven my enemies, I haven't given to the poor, I haven't done any of those things, and yet I have kept every law of fasting, then I can't say that I have really succeeded in fasting. Because the idea of the fast is to allow us to do all of those other things. The idea of the fast is to let us to approach God successfully. How is it that I can approach Him? I approach Him by denying myself. And that is, that is why fasting is a tool and the fasting is not a goal in and of itself. The second way we benefit from fasting is that the fast should stir a desire for purity in our hearts. In Isaiah 58 verse 6, it said, Is this not the fast that I have chosen? to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? Isn't this the purpose of the fast? Isn't this the fast that God has chosen? Is that we break the bonds of wickedness, the sins and the addictions, and the things that we struggle with and have struggled with for years, and God is saying, now is the time to deal with it. Now is the time to fight. Now is the time to confess. It is time to loose these bonds, to undo the heavy burdens, the difficult things, the burdens that we carry with us, 
the sins that we carry with us, the hidden sins, or the sins that we have ignored, or the sins that maybe we even confess, but we confess in a very light-hearted way, and we don't really take them seriously, and we're not willing to make any changes in our lives to help us to help from committing them again. It said, "This is, this is the fast to break the yokes of bondage that we are in, and all of us maybe have different yokes of bondage." And now God is saying, this is the purpose of the fast. Consecrate this fast, again, not just to changing food, but into changing ourselves, into changing our lives, into changing our behaviors, into changing our thoughts. This is the fast that we are to fast. And changing our food is a part of this. It is, the, again, the tool that we help to use in order to change these things about ourselves and to regain self-control. Why is it that the church tells us to deny ourselves from food? It's very clear, actually, that the, the, the church is not against the food. The food actually is good. It says we, God has given us these food and we, we, we accept it in thanksgiving. There is nothing evil or wrong about any kind of food that God has made. And yet God wants us to learn self-control. He says if you learn self-control with food, then you will be able to be more self-controlled with your life with your thoughts, with your actions, in your relationships, in everything you will be more self-controlled because you have learned to be self-controlled with your appetite, then you also you can be self-controlled with other things. So there is this uh, idea of that the, the fast helps us to seek purity, that we are seeking a pure life with pure thoughts, with pure eyes. And how is it that we achieve this in a life that is full of corruption and a life with the media that is around us that is full of darkness and destruction and full of temptation? How is it that we achieve this? It is through fasting. It is through fasting. Because when I control my appetite, I can now also control my eyes. I can control my mind. I can control what I desire to watch. And I can keep myself away from things and away from media that is impure to help stir me for this desire of purity and to be pure. The third way that we benefit from fasting is that we serve others. We serve others during this time of fasting. In Isaiah 58, 7, it's the next verse, it says, is it not to share your bread with the hungry? It's continuation where it says, is this not the fast that I have chosen? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out when you see the naked, that you cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh? Isn't this the time during the fast that we see who is it that is in need? Who is it that I can serve? Who are the people that have less than I do that I should seek after and to give them? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and that to even accept unto ourselves the poor and to bring them even into our own house, those people who have been cast out, that those people who are naked, those people who have no clothing, those people who are impoverished, that we go and seek them out and say, you are the people that I am called to serve during this fast. That the fast is about not just thinking about myself. The fast is about, th about thinking about others, that those other people that, that maybe for the rest of the year we're right, really not thinking about or that we're ignoring, that this is the time again that we reorient our minds during this time of fast and we acknowledge how much God has given to us and how God is asking us to share the things he has given with others. That we do not ignore our brethren, that we see them as being equal to us, as children of God and that we want to serve them. And serving others doesn't just mean serving people that are strangers or people that live under bridges. Serving others also means serving our own family members. Sometimes we have a, a habit of serving a lot of people outside, but we ignore those people who are inside, those people that we see on an everyday basis. We ask ourselves, do I serve them? Do I serve my parents? Do I serve my children? Do I serve my spouse? 
Do I serve my friends? Do I serve my coworkers? Those people that are my, my inner circle, those people that are the closest to me, is it really that I serve them or maybe I ignore them? Maybe I'm more interested in my own kind of life and I forget sometimes that there are people around me that are also in need. This is another way for us to benefit from our fasting by serving other people. Fourth way that we can benefit from the fast is that we abstain from every distraction and not just food alone. In 1 Corinthians 7, 5, St. Paul is actually speaking to married couples and he tells them even those who are married, it is beneficial for them to abstain from sexual activity for a time for the purpose of spiritual growth. And he says, do not deprive one another except with consent for a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Why is St. Paul saying this? Is there anything wrong with this? This is what God has blessed in marriage. And yet St. Paul is saying that there is a time where we should abstain from even what is good for fasting and prayer. Do not be distracted by the world. Do not be distracted by your desires. Oftentimes the things that we do are not sin. Oftentimes the things that we practice, the things that we desire, the things we go after are not sin in and of itself. And because they are not sin, we often defend it and we say, well, there's nothing wrong with what I'm doing. And that's true. There's nothing wrong with what you're doing, oftentimes. But God here and St. Paul is saying what? Saying even that which is good, even that which, is, which, which God has given to us as gifts, even that, sometimes we must abstain from it for the purpose of consecration and focusing only on God. Because as long as I am feeding my flesh, as long as I'm giving my flesh what it wants, and I'm not talking about sinful things, I'm talking about even things that are not sinful, then my flesh is full. And, the, and as my flesh is full, and as my flesh is content, it's like my flesh is heavy. And it's hard for me to focus on the spiritual things when I am in this state. Because I'm so concerned with the physical. I'm so concerned with my physical needs that I completely forget that I have spiritual needs. I'm so, I'm so like enamored with all the desires that I have in my body, with all the things and the, the way I'm seeking to fulfill the desires of the body, that I forget the desires of the spirit. And this is what here St. Paul is saying. Saying even the good things, put it aside for some time. There is a good, there's a good, like even the good things and the things that you desire that are good, put those aside and focus completely on God in fasting and prayer, right? This is again, the way that we break our addiction to things. Because sometimes even the things that are good, we become addicted to them, right? We can become addicted, not just to those things which are bad, but we can become addicted and attached even to the things that are good and I have no self-control to stop them. And again, this is what we discover during fasting. You know, food is good. And yet when we begin to fast and we say, you know what, I'm going to stop eating this, I'm going to stop eating this, I'm going to stop eating this, we realize how attached we are to our desires for food. And there's other things as well. So this idea of abstinence, we are abstaining from anything that is a distraction. We are trying in this period of time to abstain from distracting things. That's why some people, in addition to fasting according to the way that the church has said, will say, you know what, I'm going to fast beyond this. I'm going to uh, abstain from other things as well. Not, not just to be vegan, but I'm going to abstain from any dessert, for instance. Or I'm, I'm going to abstain from a certain activity. I'm not going to watch TV at all. I'm not going to go out to eat at all. I'm not going to do anything specific that I struggle with, that I am kind of addicted to, or something that I do so often. I'm going to do it just to show that I can do it. 
I'm going to do it just to show that I can break this and I'm not attached to these things because I'm going to demonstrate to myself that I can be apart from this and that this is not a distraction for me and this isn't something that I seek after and instead I take that extra time, that extra time that now I have because I am not going after those things, I take that extra time and I do something with it to God. I read more, I pray more, I go to church more, I, f I do more service. I take that time that I was kind of dedicated it to myself and now when I remove that distraction, I dedicate that time to God during the fast. The fifth way that we can benefit from fasting is that the fasting should be accompanied with sincere and fervent prayers. When Nehemiah heard about the destruction of the walls of Jerusalem, it says, So it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. When we ask God for something, when we request something from him, you know, we often say we should pray. Yes, we should pray. We should pray to God. But oftentimes prayer is like, okay, I'm, I'm in my car. I pray, I ask God for something. At the end of the day, I pray, I ask God for something, right? But when we fast for something, that really shows the extent to which we desire it. That shows the extent to which we acknowledge that God is able to give it to us. When I fast for something, I'm telling God, I'm willing to change my life for this. I'm willing to give up something. I'm willing to lose my comfort over this. I want you to see that I am fasting and I am like depriving myself of something that is good in order for you to answer my prayer. I'm willing to do something like very, very uh, powerful, to very real to me. I'm willing to give up something. Because oftentimes when we pray, prayer doesn't like always really cost us much, right? You know, it's easy to pray for something that we want. But when we fast for something that we want, when we fast so that God would answer our prayer, this is a very powerful prayer. And we see all throughout Scripture that when people wanted God to do something for them, that they would pray and they would also fast together. So our, we are asking God in this time of the great fast not only to give us items and things and, 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 and answer external things that we want in our life, but most of all we should be asking God to change us. You know, to change who we are. Like, I want to be holy. I want to be righteous. I want to live with God. I want my will to be conformed to God's will. And so, while we are fasting and while we are praying in this fast, we ask God, change me to become righteous. Change me to become holy. Change me so that these bonds of sin are broken and that I am not under the bondage or of anything. So, we are requesting God's intervention and this should be the focus of the fast. I always recommend to people during the fast is pick one thing in your life that you have been struggling with for, the, for a long time, whether it be lying or envy or lust or whatever it is, and, and dedicate the entire fast to breaking that one thing. Don't try to do everything. Break, focus on that one thing. And let your fasting be toward breaking that one thing. And let your praying be for breaking that one thing. That, that by the end of the fast, you will see that it has been weakened in your life, that it is not as powerful as it was at the beginning because we have consecrated this fast and asked God to break it and because we have denied ourselves the desires of the flesh and our, our, our spirit has strengthened. The sixth benefit that we have from fasting, and this is the last benefit that we'll speak about, 
is that fasting humbles us before God and men. Fasting humbles us before God and men. In Daniel chapter 9, when Daniel is praying to God, he says, Then I set my face toward the Lord God to make request by, to, to make request by prayer and supplications with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. And I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession and said, O Lord, great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant and mercy with those who love him and with those who keep his commandments. We have sinned and committed iniquity. We have done wickedly and rebelled even by departing from your precepts and your judgments. When we fast, we recognize our own weakness and we see God's strength relative to us. When we fast, we, we recognize how small we are. When we fast, we see how weak we are. When we fast, we, we, we see ourselves as being in need of God much more than before because we feel physically weak. We feel it reminds us of our weakness and it reminds us that, that we are not free to do absolutely anything, but that we should submit to the Lord. So when we fast, it humbles us and makes us feel like God is great and we are small. And this is a very important because sometimes we forget this. We, we forget how strong God is. This is why the, the, the level of fasting that we fast, it should be something that is difficult, right? It should be difficult. Not so difficult that we can't do it. Not so difficult that every single day I break it. But it shouldn't be so easy that it's just every day, every day, I am able to, you know, like do it without any problem, right? There should be a period of abstinence, right, in our fasting, whether it's a period in the morning. And again, all of this is with, you know, guidance from your father of confession. Should be a period of abstinence in the morning where a person, um, you know, is hungry. Hunger is necessary in order for us to feel hunger. Oftentimes, and, and, I, and I'm saying this is about myself, the time that we feel hungry is the time that we eat. The minute you feel hungry, it's like, well, it's time to eat, right? The fasting is, I feel hungry and I'm not going to eat. I, I, I need to feel the hunger. And in the, the time of hunger, when I feel real hunger, there is a different type of spirit that we have. There's a different type of uh, connection to God that we have. That when we pray in our hunger, it's different than we pray when we're full. If we've ever tried to pray when we're really full, it's almost impossible. Because we feel so full, we can't even focus or think about God in any way. But when we are really hungry and we fast and we do prostrations, we feel humbled before God. feel like I am nothing before Him. Or if you ever attend uh, liturgies that are late in the day and you attend the liturgy while you're very hungry, it's a different type of feeling. It reminds us of our weakness. It reminds us of who we are relative to who God is. So we spoke about many different benefits of fasting. And again, I'll encourage you at the beginning of the fast to speak with your father of confession, to get a guidance from him about how you should fast. And even if you have never fasted before, this is the fast to begin. And I, Even if you are not going to be able to fast the entire fast, start it from the beginning. And even if you're only going to fast one day a week, okay, for those that have never fasted before. But again, you speak to your father of confession about it. It is better to start then to just put this off, because if you put this off, one week, two weeks, three weeks, you're going to be halfway through the fast and you're not going to be motivated to start. Start from the beginning. This is an opportunity for us to all start fasting together as a church and to benefit from the fasting. And again, in this fast, focus more on different spiritual activities. Fasting, praying, 
coming to church, attending Bible studies, listening to sermons. Let everything that you do be focused around this idea of fasting and never forget wherever you go, whether at work or school or, or, or at your homes, that we are consecrating this fast to the Lord, that in this fast we recognize our weakness and that we are seeking to benefit from it and approach a God in it. It is not just I'm changing my food and I'm going to look at ingredients and then that means that I'm fasting. If that's all we do, like I said before, that's not a fast, right? That's not the kind of fast that God has chosen. So what are the six uh, points that we mentioned that we benefit from fasting? The first is the fasting is a tool and not the goal. Right? It's a tool that we use to approach God. It's a tool that we use for spiritual growth. It is not the goal in the end that we say we have fasted, that we have checked the checkbox, that we say, okay, well, I feel good that I fasted today. Okay? The second benefit is that it stirs a desire for purity. It makes us want to be closer to God. It makes us want to follow God's commandments. It makes us want to live a pure life and have pure thoughts. Three, we should be focused on serving others during the fast, giving to others just as God has given to us. Fourth benefit is we abstain from every distraction and not just food. This is how we benefit from it. That it's, I'm not focusing just on the food, but what is any kind of distraction? Anything that occupies my mind, my time, anything that occupies me and distracts me from praying, from, from coming to church, those things, I need to avoid them. I need to abstain from them. The fifth way to benefit is that the fasting should be accompanied by sincere and fervent prayer. Again, if I pray and fast, it's very powerful. But if I fast without prayer, I might not benefit as much. The sixth and final way we spoke about that I can benefit from the fasting is that, or that we benefit, is that it humbles us before both God and men. We are humbled before God, and we are humble before each other as well. It's important for us to start this fast, like I said, in, in a consistent way with guidance from our Father of Confession. And, and those who do, and I've heard this from many people, those who fast uh, faithfully from the beginning of the fast, when you get to the Feast of the Resurrection, it's a completely different experience. You feel the power of God, you feel the joy of the resurrection in a very special way that you will not feel unless you have fasted uh, wholeheartedly to fast to God during this time. So may God grant us the desire of fasting, the benefit of fasting, that we would fast together as a church and that we would glorify God in all that we do. And glory be to God forever. Amen.